Welcome to Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast with your hosts, Laura Katina and Amy Mara. This podcast was created for businesswomen in particular who are juggling pursuing their career, family life, and all of the things that come along with it. We know that building a career, running a business, and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible. In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work. Welcome back to another episode of the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. Laura and I are really excited to talk about today's topic. It's a topic that we probably could talk about for hours, but we're going to limit ourselves to about 20 minutes here. It's near and dear to us. So near and dear to us. And we are sure that it is very near and dear to a lot of people that are listening to our podcast, especially other fellow attorneys. Well, let's just dive right into the topic. All right. So this past week, we posted a quote from the former CEO of GE. His name is Jack Welsh. And we posted this quote on our social media as one of like Uh, such an inspiring quote for our business. And we also felt it was going to be very relevant for other business owners. So this is the quote. There are only three measurements that tell you nearly everything you need to know about your organization's overall performance, employee engagement, customer satisfaction, and cash flow. It goes without saying that no company, small or large, can win over the long run without energized employees who believe in the mission and understand how to achieve it. Mike drop. Like it is just so good. There's so much that we could talk about from this quote alone, talking about the three different measurements of employee engagement, customer satisfaction, and cash flow. Um, but for the purposes of our post, we really wanted to focus on employee engagement, something very relevant to Laura and I because we onboarded our first full-time employee now as of 2022. And for us, while we've worked with this paralegal before, and we're very excited because you'll be introduced to her at some point on this podcast as well, we knew that we were in a different position now because she was coming to work with us in our business and our firm, and our firm has a very different vision from what the previous working environment that we were in, the three of us were all in. So for us, it was very important to relay that mission to our paralegal as soon as she started to make sure that she knew what we were looking for and how we wanted to build the success of our business. So we're just excited to kind of talk about this topic a little fluidly today about how you can engage your employees, how you can treat them, how you can um, work with them, communicate with them, and what we think are the most important aspects of like a business owner-employee relationship. Yeah. So Amy and I always talk about how communication in any capacity with employees, with clients, with each other is super important. Um, It's something that we value incredibly. And it's so true with Dawn, our new paralegal, you know, 
even before she really came on board full time, Amy and I sat down and figured out like, what exactly do we want her tasks to be? What is our mission for our firm, right? So Dawn kind of had an idea, you know, coming into it, what our vision is for the firm. It's a completely different setup from where we were before with her. So we had to make sure she understood like the environment, what our goals are, what our mission is, what we're going to expect of her. And to also have her understand that, you know, we're very excited that she's coming on board and that we want her to be happy, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not all about, yes, we're running a business. Yes, obviously the goal, if you're a business owner, you want a business that's profitable, right? So one of your goals is to, (laughs) you know, make enough revenue uh, to support yourself and your business and whatever. But we want whoever's working with us to be happy that they're working with us. Mm -hmm. So when we sat down, we, we, we talked about like, you know, not only what can she do for us, but what can we do for her to make her life easier? Give her flexibility with the kids. If she needs to run out to pick one of the kids up during the day, fine, just tell us. Like, give her flexibility and room to breathe so that she can be happy working here also. Does that make sense? Yeah, and really it's the idea that Laura and I have always had that the firm culture is going to drive the success of our business. Like we knew how it was when the two of us were business partners and we're grinding the first year of our business and trying to figure out what our next steps were. We were always in constant communication. We were always lifting each other up. We were always supporting each other. We were always, you know, there for each other. And then folding in an employee into the mix, we said like we know that that the only way that we can be successful is like the strength of our employees and the strength of the firm culture that we create. And so it's driven by honesty. It's driven by communication. It's driven by integrity and authenticity. We, you know, we, we want Dawn to show up just the way that we do, which is being herself and working to her strengths and also helping (laughs) us with maybe working on things that aren't our strengths or maybe things that are just better suited for her. So for us, it was the focus on, like Laura said, how do we serve her as she comes in to help serve the business? How can we support her the best? in making her the most successful because that success will then flow downhill to the rest of the business. And understanding that when you have somebody working for you, like there are things that Dawn is better at than I am. Like, you know, I send things to her to do and she has it done like instantly and it would take me like an hour to get it done. So recognizing that there are certain things that you can, and we've spoken about this before, pass off to somebody else, delegate to somebody else that they will do better than you will. Like we have to do the legal stuff, right? Like we do the legal work. We, you know, get the clients, get the work in the door, but there are many, many things that she can do that I, that we both now have her doing that she's better at. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. And she understands too, how valuable she is to us and to the firm which also gives her a greater sense of autonomy and it gives her a greater sense of like control over the, the output of her own work. And so she's excited every day to come to work. She's excited and invigorated to get the things done that we ask of her to do because it is from a place of uplifting her and her strengths and knowing that she's going to do an incredible job when we ask her to do things. And there might be things that 
we have to adjust for and pivot for along the way, but she's going to be better suited to do a really great job when we work to those strengths that she has. And this is something we are are sensitive to because we have been in an environment before we formed our own firm where it wasn't that way. Like, how can you expect your employees to be happy if they don't feel valued, if they constantly feel like they're not doing enough, if they constantly feel like they're not working hard enough? There is a difference between the business owner and the employees. The business owner does certain things, has certain benefits for owning the business, and the employees have a certain role. And when you are a business owner, resenting your employees because maybe you have to work a little bit harder or you're doing different things than your employees are doing because you own the business, that doesn't create a very productive environment. It creates negative energy, resentment, unhappiness amongst your employees, and it's just terrible. So Amy and I are never want to be in that environment again. So we are sensitive to it and want to make sure that we create an environment where anybody who's working with us, we also don't use the word staff, right, Amy? No, mm -mm, we don't. That word is just, yeah, no. No. (laughs) Maybe because it's been used in such a way that it's very degrading. Mm -hmm. You blame things on your team members and you blame things on your staff. I'll tell you, this is an example. There was a document that I had actually had to prepare this week. And because I didn't communicate well enough about one specific aspect of it. When the first revision came back to me, I was like, Oh, whoops. Good thing we caught that because I knew the client was probably going to catch it and like say something about it. Right. It's not anybody else's fault, but my own. And if you don't come into an, a, an employer employee relationship like that, where there, you have to take some accountability as the employer as well. There's no reason to blame a member on your team when ultimately it's going to land on you anyway. So in the past, the word staff has been thrown around like my staff forgot to do this or my staff didn't file this or my staff didn't send that out. And there's just no reason for it. When you are fully accountable for the fact that everything that happens in your business, you are in control of as the CEO, as the business owner, no matter what happens within the ranks of your business, there is nothing good that comes out of blaming those employees. Now, you can pull them aside and say to them like, hey, you might have missed something or hey, we have to make sure that we get this out on time or what have you. But publicly blaming them to the end product, the the client, the customer, whoever it is, is not going to do anything but build animosity and create acrimony in your firm culture. Yeah, and the other part of that is communicate with them. Like, When we talk about employee engagement, there are so many different aspects to that. So for me, also included in that is communicating with employees when they do mess something up or when they do do something that you would have liked done differently. You don't have to attack them. You don't have to blame them, you know, and I've had things too over the last couple of weeks where something should have been done a little bit differently. And it was because I did not communicate clearly. But as soon as I saw it, I recognized it. And I was like, oh, I, you know, I should have said it this way. I could have said it this way. And she actually would have understood it. (laughs) So, you know, instead of blaming, you point out like, you know, this should have been done this way. I'm sorry if I didn't communicate it clearly enough, but have an open conversation 
So when the communication is flowing and it's open, there's not like resentment and animosity and people being angry. It just, it's so much better. And the, and I believe at least from like, I would have felt more valued as an employee had I had that type of relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I kind of promised to myself and almost vowed to myself to do as a business owner that was different was every single day to thank the employees that I work with, even you, Laura, I'll thank you when you help support me in in reviewing something for me or handling something for me, sending something to me. Saying please and thank you and you're welcome goes such a long way. And every single day when Dawn logs off for the day and if Laura and I are still doing things after hours or what have you, we say thank you for everything that she has done for the day. And that goes a really long way. Can't speak for her, but as an employee, a former employee myself, it speaks volumes when you can, no matter what you have on your plate as a business owner and how much stress you might be under and the the workload that you have and the couple more hours of work that might be ahead of you, taking the time for gratitude for the employee's efforts is going to go such a long way in their book. It is going to make them feel appreciated. It's going to make them feel noticed. It's going to make them feel like what they've contributed for the day has meaning and has supported your, your business. There's so much good. There is, there is more harm to be done by omitting that than there is the good to be done by just saying, thank you. And not being angry that you may be working after hours while your employee is done for the day. Right. Like everybody has a role. When Dawn is done for the day, she's done. If I'm sitting at my desk at 730 at night because I have to finish something and or some something comes up that I have to handle, I'm not sitting there saying to myself, oh, well, Dawn's not working right now. Yeah. Yeah, No, she's not. She doesn't own the business. Like this is my role now. So understanding that you're not on the same level. Like I'm the business owner, she's our paralegal, she has a certain role, and she's, although, if we asked her to do something at 7.30 at night, she would do it. And when we don't ask her and we're all of a sudden like, wait, who just filed that? <laughs> How did that That's just, right. who just sent that email? Wait, what? <laughs> because she's extremely responsible, and if she sees something that needs to be done, we don't even have to tell her. Like, was it last week? She she filed something at like six thirty, and Amy and I both saw the email, and I was like, Who "Yeah, filed that." And it was <laughs> it was her because she saw it. She wanted to get it off her plate, but that's because she's independent, diligent, and does her thing. Yeah. But we don't expect that. No, right. So it's important to understand what their role is, let them be in that role, let them be great at that role, and not be mad at them for having expectations of them that you don't communicate to them. Yeah, that's the biggest downfall. You know, I had another colleague of mine say something to me this week about, you know, how COVID has really thrown a monkey wrench in communication efforts and that it's so much more difficult to, and notice the word that was used, difficult. So much more difficult to engage your team members, to engage your employees, to engage your associates, etc. It's not difficult. It's different. And that is the biggest lesson that Laura and I have learned 
with dealing with how to work more remotely and, and be flexible with hybrid arrangements is because it's different from what everybody is used to. And we talked about this on a previous podcast episode, the way that the practice of law is evolving right now, because it is evolving. I don't think it's going back to the way that it was. Definitely it's not. evolving right now. It is different and it is much different from what it used to be. And if you're not willing to adapt to the change and the evolution of the profession, you are just going to be angry every day. You are simply going to be angry when schools start closing because of the pandemic and because of, you know, spikes and all this other nonsense that's going on right now. You have to be flexible. You have to realize that there's bigger things going on than what's going on in your four walls. So when I had this conversation with this colleague and they were like, you know, there's no engagement, there's no back and forth. It made me think like, how is that firm trying to reach their employees? How is that firm? How is that business owner saying, well, if it's not working, what can I do to make it work? How do I engage my employees better? Because it's not their responsibility. Like Laura right. said, you're the business owner. It's your responsibility to make sure that all the cogs in the machine are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So what do you need to do to make that change? How do you need to engage them better? There's never an excuse for anything. I, I actually am a very firm believer in this. There's no excuses. There's only explanations. So if you start to be really curious about the patterns, like if you have an employee that doesn't want to log on to team meetings, doesn't want to show themselves on video, which Laura did a brilliant post about recently. If you have somebody like this, start getting curious. Don't just get angry about it. Like start getting curious. Is there something I can do about my policies that will require them to put their video on or contribute during team meetings? Like how can you, as the business owner, take control of the situation and start to invite and encourage that kind of engagement to come back? And that's not going to happen without communication. Now, what do we do every Monday morning at 930? Unless we have, we have team something. Meeting. We have a team meeting. Right. <laughs> no matter what. Every Monday morning at 930, unless, you know, Amy and I have something, we get on Teams and with Dawn, and we talk about what's coming up for the week, who has what, what we need her to do, and we see each other, and we talk to each other. So I think we've spoken about previously, like, that replaced our coffee chats, yes. <laughs> our in-person coffee chats, but life changed, and now we are building our firm remotely. So we can't have in-person team meetings. Well, we could, but there's no need for it. Like we don't need to have in-person team meetings. So what do we do? We get on Teams every Monday morning and we talk. How can you do anything without communication? So it's so important to engage your employees by communicating with them. Right. How else is it going to happen? And one of the things too that I mentioned in this post when we were posting it last week was that we want to have really excited, invigorated employees when they log on for the day. Whenever I walked into an office or a job, I was still excited to be at the job. And when I stopped being excited to be at the job, something was going on. So you like, you got to get curious, right? You always have to be on the lookout for these kinds of trends. So if anyone has ever called our office, they will know that when they when Dawn answers the phone, she is the happiest, most upbeat individual you have ever met in your life. Yes, she is. And the first week that she was working with us full time, 
I we I don't even know how many comments we got from people. I would get emails be like, wow, that Dawn is really upbeat. Wow, she can really answer the phone. I hope that I get those comments from now until forever because that means that she is showing up as the best self that we have always known her to be and that she's excited. But guess what? If she's not excited, I want to find out why and I want to know, is it something going on with the kids? Is it something going on personally? Is it something else that's happening? Or is it something that Laura and I are doing? Let's talk about it. Because I don't want to ignore it and just say, oh, tomorrow's a new day. It'll get better. No, Laura and I want to lead with communication and we want to know if there's something that you are having an issue with, come talk to us. We're approachable. We want to know because we want to fix it and we want to make it better for you. It's not about making it better for us. It's about making it better for, for, for her. And this goes both ways, right? Like if you work for somebody who doesn't communicate with you, maybe you can communicate with them, mm-hmm. right? If you want to change your environment, maybe you can try to change that aspect of the relationship, you know, communicate with them. If you have an issue, let them know what's going on. Maybe they're not the best at communication. Maybe you can approach it. But if you are a business owner, we highly encourage you to use communication to engage your employees because your employees are going to be part of the success of your business. Like for Amy and I, we look at it like we're all working as a team. We each have a role to play, but we want it to, we want to enjoy it. We want to enjoy building the business and we love having a team and we want the team to be happy. So if you want your employees to be happy, we always recommend um, open communication. They're going to be part of the success of your business um, and that's how we're doing it. And so far it's working, but we think it's a good plan. So we thank you for spending time with us today and we'll talk to you on the next episode. so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.